My name is Father Nathan Dale. I'm actually from Upper North in the Lewiston Parish, and so I came down for ICYC. Sadly, was canceled this weekend, so Father Vogel asked me to cover one of his Masses, and this was last Friday. And he told me, you know, our theme right now is, for this week, Christian atheism. Don't worry, be happy. It's kind of the theme. I, I hope you can kind of pull into the readings. And I said, well, the President of the United States just declared a state of national emergency. And you want me to get up there and sing Bob Marley's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Thank God I'm just a visiting priest in your parish right now. But it did make me reflect on the nature of worry. Where does worry come from in our life? And the definition of the word is to give way to anxiety by dwelling on actual or potential problems outside of our control. And that's the essence of it. We only worry about problems that are outside of our control. I only worry about money when I don't think I'll have enough of it. I only worry about food when it's getting low. I only worry about my health when it seems like it might be threatened. So I only worry about something when it's outside of my immediate control. So I thought we'd be address that topic principally today how to deal with problems outside of our control, because that's what makes us worry. But I'd also say that it's only by the things that we are tempted to worry about that will lead us to salvation. We need problems in our life in order to go to heaven. That's a strong statement. Because if we don't have problems outside of our control, We do not need God. It's that simple. When the problems cease from our life, there's no need for us to pray anymore. If we have everything we want, we will fall to the age-old diabolical temptation to become our own gods. And that's what goes back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. The, the, tree, the forbidden tree, in a sense, that's what it represents. Something that was outside Adam and Eve's control. Something that was forbidden. It was a place of limitation. So you could even call it a place of suffering. And it was that that kept them in relationship with God by respecting that limit. And it was in that very place that the devil came to tempt them. And how did he tempt them? He tried to convince them that God did not care about them, that he wasn't watching over them. And in order to be fulfilled in their life, in that, in that garden, they had to take control of that tree. So in the essence of that temptation was a desire for independence, to decide for their life away from God, to skirt their dependence on God as our Heavenly Father. And because that temptation runs so deep in all of us to become our own gods, problems are actually the most essential aspect of our salvation. Because it's in the very place of our problems, our limitations, and our sufferings in life that we actually get the opportunity to experience God's fatherhood and God's providence in our day-to-day experiences. And I think that's the essential difference when Father talked about Christian atheism. That's the difference. An atheist experiences a problem, 
And their only response is to get control because everything depends on them. When we Christians run into problems in our life, that's the very place that God is inviting us into a mode of surrender. That's why we are called to transform our worry into worship. And that's, that's the main function of worry, of worry, to turn it into the very means of our encounter with God. But this is also why the greatest chastisement that can befall a people is not so much plagues, but prosperity. It's not famine, but overabundance. When we have everything that we need in life, we no longer need God. And that's one of the principal reasons why the West is becoming increasingly atheistic. One of the main reasons that over the past 50 years, so many people have stopped coming to church, coming to Mass. They don't see a need for God in their life anymore. And it's because of that. You know, yesterday we had a talk on the prodigal son. The prodigal son kept going further and further and further from the father, right? When he had all of his wealth. When was the moment that he finally turned back to his father? When the famine hit when he started losing all of his control over his life, he finally said, now I must get up and I must go back to my father. That's what suffering does. It wakes us up. And that's why one of the greatest signs of God's mercy is actually to give us suffering. That's a very difficult message in a world that we do everything we can to alleviate suffering, which we should be doing. Right? Any precautions we can to save life and to give prosperity to people, we should be doing everything we can. That's why the Catholic Church is always behind building schools, building hospitals, orphanages, and the like. But it must be properly ordered. If the things of this world are more important than our eternal salvation, there's a serious problem there, a disorder. But ultimately, it's our suffering, it's our pain, it's all those things that are outside of our control that cause us to worry. Those are the very things that have the greatest potential to unite us to God, to teach us to depend on His providence. And that's why something we see in the strain of all the great saints in the history of our church, they all suffered greatly in their life. God allowed them great sufferings so they would learn to depend on Him in every part of their being. And there, I heard a story the other day about a, there's a man who lived a very luxurious lifestyle. You know, he was very handsome, successful, talented, prosperous in every way. And uh, it was actually a movie I was watching. And uh, he was going from, he was working in Hollywood. He was making films himself. And he was going from relationship to relationship from one pleasure to the next, from one successful movie to the next, and the whole time he felt so empty, and nothing he ever did could ever satisfy his heart. And at one point he went into a church to speak to a priest, and this priest said something that I, I just thought was so profound. He said, if you are unhappy, you shouldn't take it as a, God, a sign of God's disfavor, just the contrary. It might be the very sign that God loves you. To suffer binds you to something higher than yourself, higher than your own will. It takes you from the world to seek what lies beyond it. 
We are not only to endure patiently the troubles God sends us, we are to regard them as gifts, as gifts more precious than the happiness we wish for in this life. Suffering reminds us that we have no lasting home on this earth. If we didn't suffer, we would put all of our chips into this world. And when, we, and when we die, we would die with it. That's why St. Augustine said there's two cities in this world. And it's not just Catholics and everybody else. He says there's two cities. Those who are so in love with God that they sacrifice their desires for this world in order to live for heaven. And those who are so in love with the goods of this world and the pleasures of this life that they sacrifice their relationship with God in order to retain their relationship with this world. So what happens when we suffer, when things fall apart in this world, it actually lifts our eyes back to heaven to sacrifice the things of this life to reorient us back to God for the salvation of our souls. That's why it's a gift. Saint, uh, not St. Peter Kreeft, but Peter Kreeft, a great theologian and philosopher of our times, he said our, homeland, our homelessness our alienation, our misery, our confusion, our lover's quarrel with this world. This is our greatest blessing that we could ever receive next to God himself. Because it's our limitations in life that wake us up and lift our eyes back to God who is our true homeland. So we need problems in our life in order to be saved in order to enter back into relationship with God. And that's the significance of the Israelites in the desert, right? Why did God lead them into the desert before he took them into the promised land in that first reading we just heard? Because they had become so consumed by Egypt, by the luxuries they had, even though they were slaves, that they had forgotten their identity. They had forgotten how to depend on God. So God took them into a desert, a place of heat, of thirst, of hunger, of serpents, so that they would learn to cry out to him once again and depend on him as their heavenly father to provide for their needs. And there's a saying, it took God 40 days to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. They had to spend that time to remember to turn back to the Lord, to depend on him once again as Father. That's why God says, I will lead you into the desert, and it is there that I will speak to your heart. Over and over again, God must lead us into the desert in order to whisper to our hearts, to remind us who we are, why we are here, and where we are going. And that's a language we can only really learn in the desert of suffering, in the midst of our problems, in all the things that are outside of our control. Those are the things that lift our eyes back to God as our Father. And that's why the things that are outside of our control are necessary for our salvation, because they become the very place of our worship. And that's what we do every single time we come to Mass here. The priest is offering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross mystically through bread and wine. 
become his body and blood. The greatest means of our worship now as Catholics is built upon the greatest tragedy that ever happened in the history of our world when we crucified God in the flesh. And yet it becomes that greatest tragedy that is the very means of our worship. And it's meant to train us too to bring our sufferings here, our sacrifices, all the things that are outside of our control. We unite it to Jesus Christ on this altar. We turn our worry into worship through his cross so that we too might learn once again to surrender to God as our Heavenly Father in the very place of the things that are outside of our control.